Hi everyone, it's Roger here, founder of What's On Disney Plus Podcast. In this week's episode, I've got a special guest, I've got Casey from What's On Netflix, and we are going to be discussing about Disney Plus and Netflix, about HBO Max, we'll also be talking about um, all kinds of things with regards to the sort of streaming wars, because um, we spoke last year and kind of want to do a bit of an update. But before we do any of that, I'll just do a quick little bit of housekeeping before we go any further. If you haven't already done so, make sure you do hit that subscribe button to keep up with the latest on YouTube. You can also find us on all the different audio platforms. And also a big thank you to all of our Patreons, including Andrew, Giuseppe, Joshua, Julie, and also Casey from What's On Netflix. And also a big hello to Sarah, who has also joined us um, this past week, you can source from little as $2 a month, and you'll get access to um, exclusive de- um, images and exclusive videos, etc. But let's jump into it. So, Casey, obviously, you are from What's on Netflix. Do you want to give a quick um, plug to that before we go? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, we, uh, we basically do the similar sort of thing to you. We sort of cover all the Netflix news um, and what's coming up, coming up and leaving. Um, yeah, and it's uh, been, a, been a strange six months since we last spoke. Uh, there's been a few world events that have taken course and obviously a few streaming services, so I'm happy to uh, catch up. Yeah, so the thing is, obviously now we've got um, Disney Plus all launching. So have you actually got Disney Plus and what do you think of it? Yeah, I've, I do. Um, I got the year um, uh, up front because, I mean, at the price, you just can't squabble at it, really. Um, yeah. Obviously, we wanted to watch Mandalorian legally here in the UK. So yeah. <laughs> It was nice to jump into that. Um, uh, I'm not too keen on the weekly episodes, which perhaps we can talk about in a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Because that's, that's definitely been something that's changed in the last few um, weeks, really, about that one. So as far as sort of Disney+, Plus, what's been kind of like your favourite stuff so far? Um, it's been nice catching up with uh, the Mandalorian and checking out mm. what's new there. I haven't dived into too many Disney Plus originals because I don't think I'm the target demographic for them. Yeah. Um, but but it's nice uh, having uh, Pixar at your fingertips and obviously all of the Star Wars. It's nice to have them, uh, with the exception of the Disney Star Wars films, which I'm not a fan of. <laughs> no, and I think the thing is, especially like the Disney Plus originals, are some of them, um, especially, again, and, I, and I've mentioned this before with James, um, obviously our age and, you know, things that have a difference, but also with us being both in the UK, yeah. we kind of are used to different, uh, especially I think like with reality shows and doc, um, so sh- I think definitely the reality show, we've got a different format that we're used to over here. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of watch them kind of going, oh, it's a bit sort of, you would just, you would never see that on our television over here. No, and yeah, as I say, on the flip side of that, I mean, you've got to remember that The Mandalorian is a one-off special, so it's hard to compare everything yeah. to The Mandalorian because it is just such a different show. Um, but all the announcements that Disney have got going over the last few weeks, uh, you know, all the new shows they've got in development sounds really interesting. And it sounds to me like they've changed tack rather than having sort of two or three big shows in a year. It looks, sounds to me like they're trying to build up a, 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 a weekly schedule where they've sort of filled it out, such as how Netflix works, really, you know, where they're filling up with four to five originals nearly every week. So it'd be interesting yeah, I think to see. It was definitely kind of like this weird thing of like they had the whole launch and then they had... You know, they, they had the big ones. And I can't help but feel like the problems with Disney Plus, especially this year so far, have been because of shows like uh, High Fidelity and also like Love, Victor and a few other ones being shifted last minute off to Hulu because they didn't quite think it fitted mm-hmm. Disney Plus, which then left a massive gaping hole in their drama side of the platform. Yeah, sure. And, and, and as well, you I mean, you've got to remember, we'll talk about the COVID um, disruptions mm-hmm. in a sec, but... Um, obviously the two big Marvel shows, they looked like they could even be moved out of uh, 2020 at this point, which means that basically in year one and two, you've, the, the big shot originals is, is still the Mandalorian, which is... Yeah, um, I mean, this past, there's been kind of some talk this week about whether or not with the, the Marvel shows, whether or not they might actually split the seasons into two and mm-hmm. kind of go like on a hiatus, maybe put, give us like the first three episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier when it's supposed to hit and then do some more. They are supposed to be doing some more filming in July. I think that's kind of seems to be the, the word going around. Yeah. Um, so they might be back up and running. And it's like, if they can push that back, the Mandalorian had, they did all their filming, that's going to be hitting on time. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be hitting everyone for, for, I think, for probably at least another year yet. Yeah, so uh, when we're t- uh, looking at Netflix shows, it really looks like it's the sort of tail end of this year, like the, the sort of December releases. Yeah. I know a lot of the Christmas movies that Netflix have finished up already were done uh, last Christmas. So yeah. um, most of the seasonal stuff Netflix sort of builds up for a year in advance. 
Um, but really when you got look for with Netflix stuff is sort of like their big Q1 2021 and into the summer, sort of uh, The Witcher has been delayed, Stranger Things, we still don't know what's going on with that. Although I believe that as, as you said with um, Winter Soldier, that it could be split up into sort of a Christmas special um, just to get something out. Um, yeah, because I was going to say, because this is the whole thing now. Obviously, we've had the HBO Max launch in the US this past um, couple of weeks ago. We've got Peacock coming up anytime soon. How have you felt like over this last six months from the Netflix side of things of how all of these different streaming services have impacted on Netflix? Um, to, to varying degrees, I think. I think long term is is where we really need to look. I think short term, you can't tell too much disruption. I mean, just based on our traffic. I mean, Disney Plus had sort of a, a week um, where it sort of dominated the headlines and it's sort of gone back. I mean, Netflix has sort of constantly brought out new content that dominates the headlines. I mean, this, this weekend, 13 Reasons Why is at the top of the trending mm -hmm. list. And uh, obviously Tiger King took away from that. So I, I, yeah. I really think that new content is what's driving Netflix forward mm -hmm. still. Um, and, and I do think that's a, a detriment to Disney Plus at the moment, which has obviously got a fantastic yeah. back catalogue. But the, the new content is really what drives people just talk about it weekly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I was completely hooked on Tiger King and I binged that in a couple of, in a couple of days. Um, I love it. It was one of those things. Yeah. It was completely bonkers. But this is the thing is, I think um, it, it's, so it's many FOMO too, right? Yeah, it was. It was just like one of those shows where you're just like, yeah, I'm. And there's so many people have like, you should need to watch it. And like, my mom was like, nah, it's like, you just watch it. You need to get past <laughs> the first episode. Um, but there are so many different seasons like that, that dropping on there and different ones. I know like my wife loves um, Lock and Key. That's like one of the ones yep. she's been enjoying. Um, and I think that's different. Uh, Netflix has just been able to hit those originals. The only thing I think that is starting to hit is those big blockbusters are going to start drying up not just from Disney but from everywhere um, I mean sure. literally we just watched um, Justice League the other day on Netflix because it came up in the and me and my wife we looked at each other and went have we seen that I'm like I don't know if we have I can't remember it that was how we were like going, well it can't have been good if we can't remember it and then we're like, we watched <laughs> it and go that was okay because obviously all the talk about the, the slider cut and all the rest of it and I got to the end and went I still don't know if I remember I think I vaguely remember some of it <laughs> <laughs> but but some of those things with Netflix, you know, those movies come up and I do I kinda miss that. Kind of miss that thing of those bigger movies hitting on Netflix like they used to. Yeah, and I, I think that's this is where the uh, the global um the global landscape is gonna change a bit. I think the US is obviously seeing everything happen uh, in real time. Um so obviously Disney is slowly moving off. I still think Netflix still has the pay to windows. Yeah. Um, in some some instances, but uh, and HBO Max as well has got some of the 20th Century Fox ones. So mm. it, so that it's all a bit disjointed, and you're slowly seeing everything break apart. Um, mm. But I, I think I think over time, I've, I think originals are obviously going to have to make up for a lot. But also, there's been a lot of rumblings on Netflix buying out um, a back catalogue. Like I've heard rumours of uh, MGM being mm. a potential candidate, and and more recently Viacom which I think is ridiculous but um. yeah I mean I think Viacom obviously they're going to go for a massive relaunch this summer with their CBS access with them putting in like Paramount and sort of it's, it always seems to be the one like streaming service that kind of gets like forgotten about is CBS but they're gonna, they've got some big hitters on there as well now yeah, sure. And, and, and with Warner Brothers, you know, they're still licensing movies to Netflix. So we don't yeah. know exactly when those those contracts are up. But I think, I think obviously over time that, that Netflix is going to have to fill the goal. And I think particularly with movies, I think that's going to be harder for Netflix to do because they cannot do the big blockbuster movies like Disney can, where most of the cost is made back in the cin cinematic release. Um, yeah. And also, I think like with merchandise and all the other bits of people. Yeah, I mean, sure. um, I think uh, recently one was, I think it was at Six Underground with Ryan Reynolds. And yeah. um, I mean, I thought that was a, a perfectly fine blow stuff up and race cars yeah, i like i like jerry brockheimer movies so i'm gonna <laughs> so i like i like all of them so i'm and as i've watched it but yeah that would have been a movie that i probably and i do wonder now of whether or not that whole thing of like not going to cinema is gonna start it because that would have been a movie i would have been like yeah i'll wait for netflix and yeah, that sure. whole feeling of just all oh, wait to rent it and i can't help but feel like as we're moving on especially with all the current um situation with the virus of how much that's going to impact on all the streaming services 
Yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, a lot of people have made the argument that Netflix have brought back these mid-tier films that traditionally you probably would not have gone to the cinema to see at the, at the moment. You know, they, a long time ago you might have done, but now they are the ones that you find on streaming services. And you typically save your cinema, cinema trips um, for big titles like Avengers Endgame, you know, mm. which has a ridiculous budget and something that, you know, you're paying five pounds to go and see in the cinema. Um, would you rather go see that or would you rather go see a mid-tier film? And I think, mm. you know, that's kind of uh, the argument for cinema, cinemas. And, you know, I even saw that Sam Mendes called on Netflix to help save cinemas last week, which is quite bizarre, yeah. given that cinemas have done everything to shun Netflix over the last few years. I was gonna say, we might as well talk about that now. If all this, the whole thing of cinemas like trying to reopen and they're going to have to have restricted seating and mm-hmm. you know, obviously trying to get people back. And a lot of people are, oh yeah, we're going to go back. And it's like, well, yeah, the mass majority, that maybe forty percent of people don't go back. That's already a massive loss each year on year of less and less people going. And I'm just sitting here, someone that you know, I go usually go cinema at one point every week, mm-hmm. but it's gradually just dropped off, and I only kind of go for the big ones, but that whole impact of like you say the me- the middle tier movies that you used to kind of maybe as a date night or something like that or you just used mm-hmm. to kind of go and what that just all just dropped out i was only saying this to my wife the other day because we finished watching um every little fires on amazon which is oh, yeah. in the u.s and sure. then they're going reese witherspoon is just like popping up in every different tv show because like it feels <laughs> like her whole genre of tv of movies just doesn't work at cinemas anymore no exactly uh yeah i i completely agree and i think there's I don't think there's any one person to blame. I think consumer trends are obviously changing, you know, that, you know, that's happening everywhere with cable dropping off and uh, yeah, just people's cinema viewing habits are changing. And I think, um, yeah, it's just depends how you adapt to it. And I, I don't know where that lands with COVID because it's basically tossed a grenade in it all. Yeah, I mean, I think it's speeded it all up. I mean, I know um, Netflix and Disney Plus have all benefited from, from all of that. And I mean, the fact that at one point Netflix was valued on the stock market more than disney for a few days <laughs> it was a bit like okay yeah it's like because as the entire stock market went there's nothing open only netflix <laughs> yeah. yeah i i mean the stock market is obviously in, in a different world and it obviously reflects yeah. the challenges each one f- uh, faces and obviously disney's uh, revenue is highly I- impacted by the travel market um and that still looks unclear as to where that's going to end up at the moment and obviously netflix was just a clear indication mm. that they it was obviously going to benefit and it's they saw that from their uh, the subscriber numbers so yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, it's it's hard to tell too much from stock prices over time um but it's well i mean it's that same thing as well i think like had there been a massive i don't know internet down the entire internet went down for two days for example, in the world, Netflix would suddenly then be deemed completely useless because nothing <laughs> works. So <laughs> it's always that kind of thing of, you know, all this, this all these like different things will work out. I think that was just maybe a little bit of panicking right at that time of like the stock market, not really kind of, but I did laugh when I saw those things going, yeah, okay, the, but it's like, but it's not just like Disney, like this, like every business is probably just completely <laughs> wiped out at this point of like, Netflix is the, yeah, is the, the leader right now because they are the, the go-to everyone's stuck at home um and that's obviously going to be the thing of, of moving forward yeah and it's a good job that disney plus even came out i mean look disney would have been far more affected if it didn't have its own direct assumer uh, platform because obviously it would still be relying wholly on uh, cinematic releases um it was funny though because there was obviously a lot of talk about like um disney plus and hulu and things like that and it was a little bit along the lines of going like, yeah, but in the last two weeks ago, in the you know, in the last financial ones, they're basically not making any money for years, so not, it's not really bringing in, but it gave off the impression that you know, obviously, lots of people signing up. And I mean, might as well jump into that whole thing of sort of the global race right now between sort of Disney Plus and Netflix. I mean, there is some big numbers coming in here right now from Disney Plus, I think we're up to 55 million, gonna have uh, Japan coming up before they go. How do you see all that works out with the, like, the global race right now? Um, so I think Disney Plus is doing uh, incredibly well. And I, I think it's uniquely propositioned. And, and as I say, even in my use case scenario, um, because they offer that yearly subscription where it's basically £50 for the year and, you know, that's, it's neither here nor there for someone with disposable income. And I think 
even if I'm not a heavy user, I think given that they've signed me up for 50 quid for the year and when it comes to next year, I'll probably just say, yep, fair enough. There's a few things I watch on it. It's, it's not at the price point at the moment where I'm thinking whether to toss it or not. So mm. it's in, I think it's really uniquely positioned in that way. Um, but I did hear someone uh, use the analogy that it's a bit like um, uh, Christmas lights where it's nice to have up for a few weeks every year. Uh, uh, but, you know, you probably wouldn't want it as your whole diet for the whole year and have your yeah. whole house decorated with Christmas decorations for the whole year. No, I think there's definitely that thing of like, there's a, I, then there's a home audience of what I would call mainstream adults that want mainstream entertainment that Disney Plus, I don't think is hitting that mark. Um, I think it's way off from where it should be. I think it'll start pulling in a lot more when the Marvel shows start dropping and there's sure. things coming in. But Netflix has had that mainstream audience, which Disney Plus hasn't. However, there's this massive thing as well of families. Then them just oh, of course, in. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it dominates the family. Um, and obviously everyone's playing catch up. I mean... Uh, HBO Max launched with a relatively small amount of Cartoon Network shows. Um, and we'll get into HBO Max because I think their, their situation is very different to Disney Plus because they're sort of, um, Disney Plus has already well established all their contracts with HBO Max is sort of slowly building up over time. And it's an evolution as opposed to a brand new product. Yeah, um, it, is, it is. Yeah, oh, But on. we are seeing uh, Netflix, uh, you know, build into their children's content. You know, they're constantly picking up huge um, YouTube ch- uh, channels. Um, that you that most people don't um, seem to pick up on. Um, so, yeah. for example, Coco Melon, which is, gets millions of views on YouTube, yeah. is now coming into Netflix. And obviously, Netflix have got access to all the uh, Narnia content, uh, all the Royal Dahl books they're doing. Um, you know, they they are definitely heavily investing into it, into it. Yeah, I think it's kind of one of those things you need the kids' content to kind of keep that part of the entertainment thing. Sure, because I feel this is that whole kind of thing of of. In some ways, Netflix and HBO Max and stuff, they've kind of got this, everyone has, you know, there's something for everyone. Where Disney Plus, I don't, I know they say it's for four quadrants, but it's kind of like, yeah, there's a big chunk here and this stuff is sprinkled out. And you get, I always kind of go back to the fact of, had Hulu and Disney Plus been one, it would have been an entirely different beast. Sure. Uh, but obviously, I, I've sort of tracked Hulu over the years, and it's sort of hard to see how they are going to expand internationally. I, I think the contract situation is going to be very hard. So just for the UK, for example, yeah. I think they're going to have to do similar sort of HBO Max, where they sort of work with an ad- additional partner. Um, for example, you know, uh, Netflix just got Modern Family over here. Yeah. Um, and and. To me, that would have been a perfect addition to Disney Plus because yeah. it's, it's clearly family oriented. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure why that, did, that came over to Netflix. Yeah. That was a really odd one because it's that kind of feeling of like how Hulu could work internationally because mm-hmm. uh, Freeform isn't a brand here, ABC isn't a brand here, FX really wasn't really a brand. All those big core components weren't really a brand here. So that's it. I mean, things like Modern Family, that was the, one of the most bizarre things. When I saw that come up on Netflix, you go, Modern Family? Mm. And I think as well, and I don't know if it is an international difference as well, and I like obviously with us in the UK, but that's like a TV show that airs in the middle of the day on Sky. So we kind of, I put that into that kind of, it's, I have always said it's about like with The Simpsons, but we have a different view of it because of how Sky program it. It's just like afternoon telly. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's strange. So it's hard to see how Hulu is going to in- launch internationally. I think they said they're going to delay it for a few years. Yeah. Um, but in the UK, I, I mean, it's it's hard to see because HBO Max seems to be never coming out here, as far as I'm aware at the moment. They've just renewed up with Sky, and that's that's your lot. So mm. I I still believe, and I still think this is going to be the thing. Of as much as they can, they're going to put on Disney Plus, and then they're just going to license out stuff. Um, yeah, because I just don't. I just cannot see how the branding of Hulu works in because it was a hodgepodge of brands that came together and they've kind of inherited this thing. And as well as you know, they can't do the live TV. They haven't got all the the library content. And I mean, most of that. I mean, at the minute, I mean, if you look at what's on Hulu, it's spread between BBC, Channel Four, um, mm-hmm. Amazon, and Sky right now. So it's all. Splinkered. I don't think any of them are strong enough on their own to sell a service. No, and it's going to take years for those contracts to come back. You know, Disney Plus was clearly different because they they you know they owned it, whereas mm. Hulu they don't own quite a lot of their yeah. content, particularly internationally where they're distributing um, differently. You know, Netflix mm. just picked up Castle Rock in Asian territories, so it's 
you know, will they, will they be able to get that back in time? And, mm. um, but there is also another argument as well, where they get people addicted via Netflix. And then when they are ready, you know, that's yeah. something as a sign up bonus, you know, would hate, would friends be as big of a, a, a bonus to sign up for, you know, HBO Max if it hadn't been on Netflix for the last five years. Um, and the office is sort of like the signature show of Peacock. And that really has only re- seen a resurgence because of its tenure on Netflix. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I mean, especially like those FX show being on BBC over here, I mm-hmm. think that's kind of helping build it up, but just looking at how it all kind of works in of like, especially like with Disney plus, um, plus Hotstar of how they've kind of gone that system of having, like a combination of everything all in one, you're kind of looking at, are they going to be taking the detail? And right now it doesn't look like they're going to be in any rush to kind of launch anything extra. And when, it, when um, Modern Family went onto Netflix and going, yeah, that is a probably a year deal. Get it, get, just get some money in and get, <laughs> get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's probably mostly speculation on our part, but it's, it's still strange when Disney plus surely was an option. But on the flip side of that, if it wasn't available to us subscribers in the UK, Disney plus got it. Is that not, would that cause outroar, you know, because I think people yeah. have got used to the fact that Netflix is different in different regions. Yeah. I mean, as far as like, there are some dif- there are some differences. Um, a lot of like the, the the Fox movies, like the all the X Men movies, they're much more international, except for the US. Um, mm-hmm. US, in some ways, actually gets the raw end of the deal. There's a lot of content that like Australia seems to be the best one right now. They seem to be getting the most. But yeah, there's a kind of this weird thing going on. I think with obviously with the HBO deal. But then we've got this weird deal over here right now with Sky and National Geographic because suddenly all the National Geographic stuff went on to Now TV yeah. instead of Disney Plus. And they're going, I was like, was that the trade-off? Was that the Simpsons or National <laughs> sort of And Sky still carries most of uh, Disney yeah. stuff, right? So Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a kind of a deal done of kind of going, we'll share this for a bit. Um, mm. But yeah, it's definitely, it's all very interesting to see how this will work. Now we are six, eight months down the line and how it's all going to spread into like Latin America and Asia and Africa. And I think those um, Disney plus numbers are really going to um, fly up once we get into um, sort of just everything that's going on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been interesting watching it, watching it all happen. I think Peacock is the next one, although that's kind of softly soft launched um, yeah. in the US. Yeah. Yeah, it um, has. Yeah, it has. I think it's out on soft launch, which is really, which is kind of scary. If it's out on soft launch and no one's talking about it, that's kind of just kind of odd. Yeah, <laughs> and and even HBO Max to some extent. I mean, perhaps it's because my region, you know, we're in the UK, but it doesn't seem to have hit the zeitgeist uh, just yet. But as I say, I think it's an evolution of the HBO product as opposed to something brand new. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just HBO meets much more as their slogan goes. Um, but it's really cool. But one thing I would say on HBO Max's point is, is something I've noticed is that although they split up all their brands, um, there is uh, significantly lacking in sort of the Adult Swim section, the Cartoon Network, DC Universe, and uh, what was the other one, uh, the last one? Oh, Crunchyroll. Yeah. Um, and I do wonder whether they've sort of pegged themselves into a corner because obviously they want to upsell people into those DC universe. So if they put mm. all of their content into the HBO Max basket and ask for more money potentially, and they're already the most expensive on the market, mm. you know, um, have they pegged themselves into a hole? I really it's like you look at all that and you go, why are you trying to run? You can't run five, six streaming services mm. and kind of include bits and not include it. It's like, at $15 a month, you are at a high, it's like they've, like you say, they've pegged themselves in at the top, but they're not necessarily delivering that in some ways. Uh, they've got all those movies and like, if you're going to put Crunchyroll and Rooster Teeth and all these and sell them as a brand, then you kind mm-hmm. of need to bulk that area up. It was quite strange when I looked through it and went, well, why is there some, like, that's like an area of like, if you're going to do that, move DC Universe into it and, but AT&T just seem to be in this weird place where they just don't seem to, we can't commit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, they're going to have to eventually, right? Because uh, uh, I don't think they can sustain these services on their own. I think, they're, I think it's going to be the case where you've got these sort of five big ones, a few niche ones in the corner. Um, and, and again, as I think we, when we spoke about it in September, it's really services such as sort of like your AMCs, the stars, where... Do they, do they have enough value compared to the, the big boys where, you know, if you group Disney Plus and Hulu together, you know, you've got a wide catalogue and similar with Netflix, um, although that, that where that will be in 
five years' time is anyone's guess at this point. Um, and HBO Max, with the pack clout they have, do does a small provider like AMC or Shudder or any of these smaller ones yeah. really have enough value um, to? I don't, keep I don't going think. I don't think there's, there's, there can I don't think there can be as many as there are. I think at the minute they're all flooding out, trying to work out what's going on. Um, so I think some of them are going to get brought out, picked up, um, because there's just they're not going to be. Honest. I mean, because you'd look at uh, was it Quibbly <laughs> or Quib- was it Quibbly? Quibbly you know, that yeah. is, it's like you look at that and go, man, did you guys completely just miss? Missed the, missed the mark and then you launched right in the middle of a pandemic when no one's out at mobile and they can kind of go well we would have been all right had it not been for that it's like no you wouldn't you, you <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're trying to youtube at a high price it doesn't really yeah i mean it's easy to pile on quibi um but they they've it's it's such a weird they've they've launched at the wrong time it's kind of a, a weird product for maybe a customer base that doesn't yeah. even exist and i mean i've tried it I, yeah, I, I mean, content is king, right? And there's nothing on it that appeals to me, at least. So, no, I mean, I know there was, there was the only one I saw that pop up was, um, was like the Polygon show, which was about video games. I was like, I sort of looked at it and I went, well, that would just be a YouTube video. It's yeah, like, sure. you wouldn't pay, you know, I can get all of that same news from somebody else on YouTube. And it was like, you know, and then going, oh, well, we're going to put the app on televisions. Really? That was, <laughs> that's a good stuff. And it's like, this is just one of those things. I mean, I know they've said already that they're going to have to, all the staff are going to have to have a pay cut because it's not quite low. It's like this, that service was just not right. In to- and it was just like, it's just billions down the drain. Yeah, it's hard to see how they're, how they're going to pull, pull it around and, and find an audience. I mean, it probably would be good for everyone if there was more, you know, more competition is good for everyone. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to see how Quibi is going to um, really yeah, sort like, of yeah. make a brand for itself. And it's not just so much like, it comp- to me, it's like that thing of competition is like Netflix, Amazon, Warner, Comcast, Disney are—they are they are, they are the competition firing against each other. Sure. And these little ones firing in in between is like you're going to have to have something big and impactful to kind of break through that. And I think you know how many people, how many subscribers, how many different packages are people going to have? I would say three to five is probably going to be around that ballpark. Um, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm in the five category, <laughs> um, but. There is that kind of thing of like, you know, we've had like BritBox or something like that that's launched over here. And the UK market just literally just looked like it looked and it went, no. You look yeah, at I, any of the comments and stuff and you're going, it was just the wrong market and the wrong idea. Yeah, the backlash to Brit, BritBox is kind of political over here because of the license fee. So it, yeah. I, I won't go too much into that. But yeah, I do agree that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a mix of everyone. And I think if you can get four to five services and still be cheaper than, than your original cable bundle, I think you're doing better and you're getting less ads um, mm. and more content. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Forward. We were looking we look at um, to move house soon and we were like, look, like, let's have a look and see how much sky is costing and you look and then go but we can get like four streaming services for the same price as the package the only thing is of um, new build new though we're not it has the internet that's all we might just do it temporarily but it's that thing of how many people and sort of covid has kind of speeded up this whole process Mm -hmm. of how much and like all the networks and stuff have suddenly gone, whoa, hold on, everyone's cutting the cut. We all thought you were going to stay at home and watch television. And everyone went, nope. <laughs> and I, I think that's where Disney and AT&T are, are particularly uh, uniquely positioned because they're, they're sort of tra- trying to transition people from their old business model to their new one. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of cases, they've actually got more money to spend because of their old revenues and they can sort of pump it in and try and build up um, to compete with the, the new world because... Um, I, I think it's famous that Netflix doesn't make much money um, on its own. So, uh, but everyone's clambering to get the same product out there. So it's kind of, yeah. you know, I think this is well, where it's heading. I think as well as that, it's that realization that they actually don't need the middleman. They don't need the cable networks. They can do it. And essentially, I think they were all feeling in the line of, they didn't necessarily want Netflix to have all the power, become the new cable television, the sure. new cable network. And I think that was what, the big issue was of just how they can keep all of these things going. Yeah. And I think Netflix saw that fairly early on. I mean, their originals, um, I, I think by last count, there's nearly 1700 and nearly, phew, 
I don't want to guess how many because we're tracking so many at the moment, but there's at least 200 more to come in the sort of next six months. So it's, it's, yeah, it's incredible how they're transitioning. You know, it was originally uh, 5% originals, 95% license. And I think we're at about 25, 75 now. Mm. So over time, obviously they're going to try and replace that wholly, but you know, that's basically what HBO Max is doing, you know, cause they're, they're some of their content is going to, um, be removed over the years with uh, the 20th century Fox deal. Um, and, and, you know, so I think, I think ultimately it's about Netflix finding uh, the right partners for licensing. Mm. Still, I still think they're out there. I think Sony pictures is clearly a good candidate where they picked up community in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and Hannibal more recently, um, and Cobra Kai potentially from YouTube, which is a strange acquisition. So, it's, yeah, funny with I, the Sony, it's funny with the Sony one because I think there's a lot of speculation that that part of the business is going to get sold off. Um, so that changes how, you know, there's all this back catalogue. Disney are maybe not in a position to completely buy that part out. I, don't, I think it's going to, be, it's going to be difficult for any of the companies. You know, Apple TV, they're swinging around. I know, maybe not necessarily Amazon. The only good thing is, obviously, if Sony does sell its television or its movie department, Marvel, Spider-Man comes back, the rights, but obviously those <laughs> movies stay so it's kind of like win-win. So that's why there seems to be a lot of talk at the minute of Spider-Man and Sony working very well um, with Disney because it's if they don't make the money now, they will <laughs> they, they could lose a lot. Yeah, and unfortunately for Sony, Spider-Man is that when they're not working with Disney, they seem to not be able to count over the free. So. Um, uh, and before rebooting it, although having <laughs> said having said that, that the animation that Sony put out uh, the Into the Spider Verse was yeah, fantastic, was awesome. so yeah, really good. Yeah, I think that Sony's obviously going to be a big thing. I mean, it's always that kind of weird thing of I know it's, I always find it funny where people talk about Amazon, of uh, you know Amazon Prime and kind of you know well I'm not giving it because of the deliveries and all the rest of it, and it's like but as a video service, would you subscribe to it? Is a very different question, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, uh, and I, I do think, again, the regional differences. I think if the, in the US, I think Amazon is a harder sell than it is over here because we seem to be get, we get a lot of content in the, yeah. as, as originals and exclusives, like Mr. Mm-hmm. Robot from USA Network, for example. We got, we got that over here on Prime. So, again, it's a regional basis, and it's hard to see... It's hard to see how Amazon Prime really fits um, yeah. in, into the stream world, but at the same time, does it matter? Because it's one section of their business, whereas yeah. if it was Netflix, you know, that would be a different story because obviously Netflix is a video streaming service as their core function, whereas Amazon is sort of a nice nicety to, your, um, to the overall Amazon picture. Mm. It's a, it is a funny one of how it works. I mean, I'll be honest, we watched, I think, was it Outlander and we just finished mm-hmm. that, um, the little fires everywhere. But other than that, there's been, we just go for ages without seeing anything on there. But I think as a whole of like moving forward with like the current, the, the virus situation, everything like that, it's like, where do you think all of this is going to impact on um, just basically like filming and people speeding up their streaming, etc.? Sure. So I, I think in terms of filming, I, I think filming looks like it's going to get back in the sort of July and August. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, new shows commissioned that has smaller times to get get them out. Um, but as I said uh, earlier, the Netflix traditionally works a year in advance. So there, mm. there is the opportunity to, um, to speed some of that along. Um, but I, I, I think everyone's in the same boat with this yeah. because filming affects everyone. Right. So um, yeah, I, I don't think yeah. you, Netflix are uniquely um, no. uh, affected by it. I think everyone's uh, in the same boat. And the, and the only thing I would say is that Netflix obviously has a lot of international productions. Um, so I do know that their South Korean productions and Iceland ones are coming back online a lot yeah. quicker than, say, um, uh, the American or, or the British um, productions. Yeah, I'm predicting we're going to get a lot of quiz shows, a lot of documentary <laughs> series, a lot of quick turnaround. I think the high-end drama. The only good thing is there seems to be a lot of, I mean, I don't know what's, what's like in the Netflix, but in the last couple of months with Disney, it, it's just felt like, right, we're all set at home. Let's all come up, do some brainstorming and come up with ideas. of just like, this ideas are just of like, this is in development, this is in the development, this is in yeah. development. Um, I don't know what's been like on the Netflix side. Uh, not not as big as Disney, I have to say. Um, they 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 obviously announce a lot of shows in advance, and I think they've got a lot in in development. But it's um yeah, Disney Disney clearly has been 
pushing a lot of uh, green lights to shows. And, and as I said earlier, I think that's sort of a different change in tack for Disney. Um, whereas as they learn the numbers and how and they want the people to be engaged every week, I think back catalogue alone cannot service that. And I think um, over time, they really do need to be pumping out more originals because that's what people tune in for every week. Yeah, so let's speak of the Disney Plus originals right now, because obviously um, we always made this big thing about Disney was going with the weekly route, whereas Netflix was dropping the whole season at once. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. It was going along quite nicely. Some weeks were a bit drier than others. And then they went into the stage of, we're going to launch a different original each week to kind of spread them out rather than all at the same time. Like, okay. And then in May, they went, now you're going to get the whole seasons at once. And it's like, okay. And then the next show was, you're going to get them all at once. And the next one was, you're going to get... Okay, are you abandoning the weekly system? Is it not working right? It's like, so how do you feel of this whole like weekly versus uh, the drop? Yeah, so um, Netflix sort of still does weekly drops in some cases. um, And then in some rare circumstances, it will drop three episodes, two episodes, and then three all at once. Um, and I think I think Disney is realizing what Netflix has, where some shows will have different impacts on 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 how they release. So I think the Mandalorian clearly makes sense to keep that as a weekly because that is something people are going to tune in for. Um, whereas cooking shows, the likelihood is you probably want them to binge them all at once or watch them on your own time. Yeah. And, it, and it's less zeitgeisty, so it doesn't matter if you watch them out of order. Um, so I think I think it's a learning pattern. I do think that a lot of people were wrong for saying that Netflix got it wrong with a binge um, sort of model. Um, but I really do think it comes down to the individual show and who it's targeting and, and sort of the watch habits of that genre. Yeah, I mean, I kind of fall into like two lines. Um, for example, we had Prop Culture drop. Um, we had all like eight. And that was a show I was like, I did kind of binge a lot in a couple of days. I was like, okay, I really enjoyed that. Tiger King, Netflix show watched it all in a few days um mm-hmm. also pretty much in, a, in about a week we did the um little fires everywhere recently on amazon so we have a tendency to do it but at the same time there's that kind of thing of the weekly drop keeps the conversation going because i remember when like, sure. stranger things came out last year um you know i've been enjoying that one since that one that first season but it was like weekend two weekends and then it was never it wasn't really discussed again on this like space force i think just dropped recently this week on you know is there going to be that momentum or it would just be a one weekend and gone kind of thing yeah and and that's why that's why as i say it's a case by case and i i do think that there is a case to be made for netflix to release some of their bigger shows as you say weekly to Mm. to keep the conversation going because it clearly worked for the mandalorian um it clearly worked for shows like game of thrones um whereas other shows sort of peter out on a weekly basis so it i think i think if you if you restrict it to your blockbusters ones that you want to dominate the conversation um, then absolutely um, but again case by case and I do think that we're going to see it constantly change um, yeah. as you and James discuss every week um, just because everyone's learning right this new world so I always just remember it was like with Daredevil when that dropped on Netflix or just like yeah, and then they dropped the whole of the Defenders and you're like I don't want to be spoiled I've got eight episodes <laughs> on and they're just like you got to try and, and no, that's where I liked it I mean I felt like so like The Witcher would have been probably good as a, a sure. weekly drop um, yeah. to kind of keep in with that one. Um, uh, just going back to the, the Marvel shows yeah. for a sec, what do you think is going to happen to them? Do you think Disney's going to uh, basically reboot them um, or you know, well, I think continue? The, the, I think the trouble is, is they're in a catch-22 of if they reboot them into the MCU, it's going to look bad mm. in, for, for them in some ways, but I think they'll get around it in other ways. But then in the other way, like... Charlie Cox was so popular as it, but if they water it down for Disney Plus, it mm. might be more noticeable. And also, what are the rights for those? You know, while Daredevil comes up in two, in six months, that they can start using it. Like, what happens with those existing shows? Are they free to move to Hulu? Does it going to complicate things? Um, I don't know. It's it's strange because I really I I enjoyed them, but I I did drop. I still haven't. I'm only still haven't finished Luke Cage season two or. Iron Fist season two or Jessica Jones. I've got them all like halfway through and I'm slowly working my way through them, but they just kind of fizzled out. And yeah. And, and I, I do think to an, to an extent because they're over, I do think that the, um, the commitment that you have to even go through them at the moment is sort of lost a little bit. Um, um, Game of Thrones is a good example after the, the season eight, which was a pile of doo-doo. Um, does, you know, that kind of zapped my, um, 
a my enthusiasm for any prequels coming up and b to rewatch it because you know where it ends up but it's not that great I mean, i've watched season one twice because the first time i watched it and we were like no mm, carry on when did the season two and like a game of thrones and going oh i could probably carry on and like lockdown <laughs> came in and gone you know you could be off for a few months and it was like i'm not that desperate yet to watch game of thrones. <laughs> i'm not watching it for a third time and it was one of those things of yeah no it's it's strange because that one kind of was like really popular and it just kind of like no didn't hit it and I don't know with the with the Daredevil and Luke Cage and stuff of I think the actors are I think it would be good for them to be brought over. I definitely think it makes sense to bring them over to the MCU because mm. they're established but at the same time maybe Kevin Feige now will just be like no we are restarting again or just yeah because that, the actor that, and just do it yeah because it was in the old Marvel TV world wasn't it Who, which basically no longer exists so. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen to that. I don't think there's a right answer. I think I think it's going to be messy whatever way. And part of me thinks that they might be best just leaving it for for not a generation, but maybe a decade or so before bringing them back. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I don't, don't, know. I, don't I, know. I could very easily see, you know, maybe like, you know, Matt Murdock turning up in a Spider-Man movie and sure. kind of doing it that way. They seem to going in that line the trouble is is like watching it back lately of kind of like they, they mention what happens in Avengers and they mention it's kind of interconnected but at the same time it does feel like they've gone right okay we get rid of a lot but at the same time maybe in four or five years they turn around and go oh Daredevil Disney Plus series brand new actor sorted but I don't know. It definitely feels like that could be the thing of um, moving forward with brand new um, Disney Plus sort of shows all new actors and just reboot it yeah, I think it could go either way, to be honest. I don't think there is a right or wrong answer. It's just interesting to hear, hear theories on it. Yeah, I, I, don't, it's, it's, I think, I mean, I think Daredevil was the best. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, easily. I, and I really enjoyed Jessica Jones season one, but it didn't kind of, it never kept, kept that momentum going. Uh, that second season was really sort of... Oh, about, David Tennant easily made yeah. the first season, didn't he? And they just kind of were like, no, that's not going to work. So and I don't know if the, they're going to have to tone it down so much to get onto Disney+. Plus. Mm. Um, but it couldn't work in with Moon Knight and they could kind of go in through that way. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, such a strange thing with that. How, and it's amazing how those 18 months since those shows got cancelled is already gone. <laughs> I was like, really? Oh, six months? Of, right? I remember writing articles about this of whether oh, they won't be available for two years. <laughs> Yeah, and, it, and, and clearly, I mean, Netflix have clearly no superhero content works, and that's why they've got so much in development. I mean, I'm doing a big post on the Miller World content at the moment, and there is a lot to come from that. And I, I, I do think that the Miller World stuff has the potential to um, sort of compete with the likes of DC and Marvel, at least in the TV front um, anyway. Um, and, and then they've got Dark Horse Comics. They've just released the the last days of American crime yesterday, which is a comic book adaptation. Don't waste your time. It's rubbish, but it's, um, <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I think, I mean, I've just found that as a whole with the superhero stuff, it's, um, everyone's just making too much. And yeah. this is not just, this is not just me going, I don't like the DC stuff. Cause I stopped watching the DC stuff. Um, because I, just, I think it was about season four or five of Arrow. I just got, and I, I mean, I was watching it week and it's like, okay, there's four a week. I can't keep up with this. And then it was like, no, I'm not going to bother. Because they were on, I think they were on, were they on Netflix over here? I can't remember. Some of them were. Uh, the, uh, some of the, I think Black, um, is it Black oh, that, Legend? That, 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 oh, yeah, I didn't like that one. Um, and then oh, Black Lightning, watching, sorry. Yep. Yeah. And then I started watching, started watching Catwoman, or not Cat, uh, Batwoman. And that was, that's not very good. And then they got rid of the main actress and you're like, well, I'm not carrying on with that. <laughs> yeah, I think, then, I think the C, CW shows are very different. I mean, they're, they're clearly built for a network that, likes yeah. to stretch their seasons out to 22 episodes and and when you do that you're inevitably going to get a lot of filler so yeah we did watch we did watch um the umbrella um academy mm-hmm. on I netflix and i was a bit like it was like some of it i liked some of it i didn't like it was the same thing with the boys on amazon yep. kind of um wasn't so keen on that one so i think also uh Watchmen on HBO slash Sky over here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, not a hundred percent because there's so many different comic books, and I think everyone they don't have to have Superman and Spider Man. There's a lot more to comic books than just that. Yeah, of course, um, and we'll we'll see how Marvel MCU now adapts because obviously it's now been a, uh, over a year since uh, Endgame, and we've sort of had a trickle of content out of them. But obviously, them now moving into the next phase, and it's it's going to be interesting to see whether they can keep the momentum up because they all seem to be building towards Endgame. 
um, can they now build on top of that or are they basically starting again? Um, it it feels space? like at the minute, it seems like they've kind of gone, right, okay, we've got all these new movies, all new things. We've got a whole new load of characters. We're going to mm-hmm. let all of them have some time off. And I don't know if like having this extra wait till like obviously like November for Black Widow has kind of given everyone a breather. Mm-hmm. Almost like a natural way of kind of going, well, we've had now... I mean, what's it? Far From Home was, that was July, wasn't it? So yeah, so we're nearly coming up to a year now where we've not seen any new MCU content. And that's sometimes not always a bad thing. I think they needed to do that with Star Wars, but um, yes, some ways yeah, we'll be ready for Black Widow. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Disney really handles Star Wars because um, the, obviously I, I wasn't a fan of the trilogy. It clearly made buttloads uh, but of money, so I cannot, you know, I can't, can't pass judgment on that. But it does seem to me where, where Star Wars flourishes is when you give passionate creators such as um, uh, Dave Filoni, yeah. Dave Filoni yeah. and um, uh, John Favreau their own sort of. A piece of Star Wars that sort of sits yeah. outside, I think. I and and that's half the trouble, right? Because the prequels, a lot of people hate hate on them. I do think that Star Wars is sort of boxed into its original trilogy a little bit, and it's better to work outside of that rather than tarnishing or potentially tarnishing um, the originals because obviously they hold such a special place in people's hearts. So I feel like like the Mandalorian was able to tap into the, what the, what the original trilogy was without kind of altering yeah. the effects of it. Uh, and I definitely think the way it seems to be going forward, all the news coming out about the Mandalorian season two and these other seasons, it's all about basically, it looks like, yeah, we had the really popular animated TV series and we realised that they were really cool characters and we're going to make them into live action. And it's like, yeah, let's do it. it you've, you've done, you've done, you've been sowing this seed for like 10 years. Like you might as well go for it now. <laughs> you know, bring Ezra and Fawn and, you know, Ahsoka yeah. and everyone into the mainstream. Yeah, Star Wars is a cool enough universe that you can make your own stuff up on it. You know, it doesn't need to constantly rehash stuff. And I think that was one of my major criticisms is they, um, you know, with uh, Luke Skywalker's character, they kind of they kind of changed who he was to an extent. And I, I, I think if you grew up on that, it's it's kind of like seeing your childhood hero die. Yeah, I always, I always find him with Star Wars is a really odd one because for me, being a kid when ironically when i was born just like a week after empire strikes back so i'm in that zone of like i grew up on return of the jedi and then leading straight into the ewok movies so i grew up on the original movies and then you had some really bad animated stuff also of the the ewok movies i had on vhs and then we had the prequels and i was at university and everyone hated them because they weren't like the originals (laughs) And now, and I was always that kind of thing, the prequels are horrible, the prequels are horrible, the prequels. And then suddenly, like, in the last five years, suddenly everyone's going, oh, the prequels are great, and the Clone Wars and all that. And, go, and, go, and everyone, oh, the new ones are rubbish. And we had this before, I've done this already. Yeah. <laughs> I was, and I think going into the new, the new ones, I was much more in line of just going, you know what, I've already seen all this, like, been thrown up in the air and I've already gone through this and lived through this once. I'm just happy to the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was sure. much more, I mean, I'll be honest, there's a whole other issue with Last Jedi uh, and that has an impact going into Rise of Skywalker because of how, I'll be honest, they needed the same director to have had one, they needed to have the three as a movie. Yeah, that no, middle one just doesn't work now when you look at the three altogether. Yeah, it was incoherent in the long term. And, and, and you know, it is a generational thing, right? Because I grew up on the prequels um, clearly looking back, episode one in particular had a lot wrong with it. But, yeah. you know, I, I think it is a generational thing um, where you're going to dislike them touching your childhood. And I think that is what it comes down to, um, ultimately. Yeah. I think the Star Wars, they'd already done it. So I was already <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> you know, like, I was like getting, into all the, it's like getting into the Clone Wars animated series and Rebels and stuff and watching them all on Disney Plus of just like, mm-hmm. just really getting into it because of... Uh, because I play like miniature Star Wars games at my local game club, and you know, I've got my full geek privileges at that point. <laughs> my wife go, my mom went, "You really have gone down to that level now, where you have got you are now playing miniature games." Like, yeah, and uh, who cares? <laughs> exactly. I'm not playing everything. I just I just want to get, get going again, and it's like everyone's talking about the Clone Wars and all these different characters, and we're playing all these games of all these clone characters, and then I go, I don't know who these are. I don't know who these are. I don't know what they're... So I watched pretty much the whole of Rebels and Clone Wars just because mm. all my friends at the club were all, you know, that little bit younger than me, um, talking about Clone Wars with so much passion. And I'm going, 
well, I don't, okay, it's like I never really had, it never had this because like, everyone when it came out of uni hated it. So, <laughs> um, but it has been fun just kind of going back and watching them. And I can't help but think like the animated systems are the way to move forward for Disney Plus because I think that's a whole market that Clone Wars really itched. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's strange because obviously they, they keep announcing live action remakes, whereas in my opinion, you know, some of the animated stuff, you know, I'd love to see Disney Plus go back to hand-drawn car- cartoons. Mm. I think there is absolutely a market for that, even if they're shorts. Um, but Yeah, I think, the pro- I think the problem right now with the animation, I mean, they're buying a lot of it in, but I think the problem is they're still trying to keep the, t- the television network happy. I think they're still, you know, I mean, I still can't understand why shows are taking so long to get from, you know, they're not doing day and date or day and day after on those Disney Channel shows and National Geographic stuff because it just feels like a natural feed into Disney Plus, but they want to keep the traditional networks running. Yeah, and keep the revenue there. And I think that's, you know, they do, and this is the big thing with Peacock that's coming up is that their 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 product in particular is designed to not take away from what the customers they already have and not be in a sort of a revolution as such. Um, whereas they want to keep the advertising model. They want to keep the cable subscribers, but offer a bit more that is more in the 21st century. Yeah, I mean, I saw yesterday there was a, um, there's some talk with the Disney upfronts. Uh, they want to start advertising Disney Channel adverts with Hulu and start combining them and start selling to advertisers. Right, you get Hulu adverts and you get Disney. And just kind of the whole way of them moving forward, I think they've the whole COVID situation has just speeded up the process that they need to, they need to get a wriggle on and <laughs> sort of all out. <laughs> But anything you want to add about sort of the whole Netflix and Disney Plus thing before we finish off? Uh, no, I think I think we've said said a lot. Right. I, I think it's going to be interesting over the next year. I do I do think that a lot of what I said last time came tr- roughly true, where the two are coexisting quite nicely, yeah. um, and, and I think they will continue to. I think long term habits will probably change, but I think as long as Netflix keeps pumping out original content that keeps capturing the zeitgeist even if there is a few duds on the way then mm. I, I do think they've got a long and uh, yeah. prosperous future so you mean disney plus isn't going to kill netflix off <laughs> uh not yet <laughs> it, was always, it. <laughs> it was always funny when everyone was doing all those it was like that constant theme of just going going of course now it's like a multi-arm race and all the things but it was always that kind of thing of going yeah that's not really how disney plus was it's like you're not reading the what, what was on there <laughs> it was like yeah there's a massive audience that's not going to be interested in disney plus <laughs> yeah i i i mean again they can all coexist uh, mm-hmm. um and and as long as they keep offering something unique and cl- clearly disney plus does that yeah. then uh, then uh, yeah they're they're all they're all free to keep going Right. Okay. Well, we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts on the battle between um, Netflix and Disney Plus and everything else. Let us know in the comments below. Um, Casey, where can they find you? Uh, I, I'm on Twitter at Casey underscore underscore more. And you can also find us on what's on Netflix.com and uh, on Twitter and Facebook. And on that note, guys, thank you very much for joining us. As I said, remember to hit that subscribe button. Go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. A big thank you again to all of our patrons, including Casey. <laughs> it's always a good thing. Like, yeah. And we shall see you guys in another episode. Laters. Mm-hmm.